Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to Lee Yoder. Lee, how are you today? I'm doing great, Annie. I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Ah, thrilled to have you. I always love hearing about how people got into real estate, and I know you've seen quite a bit of success already. And so tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate in the first place. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, I'm a physical therapist by trade. So I, I came out of you know school finally, um, you know, starting in kindergarten, I went to school for 20 straight years. Uh, we have to do seven <laughs> years uh, to be a PT. So 20 straight years of, of school. Came out as a physical therapist, um, did uh, physical therapy at like an outpatient clinic for a year. Um, didn't love the schedule that. So went and did home health physical therapy where I would go into old, you know, older folks' homes and, and do their therapy with them in their home. Um, and Annie, that was like a great schedule for my family. I got to make my own schedule. It was just between me and my patients um, making my schedule. So, you know, my wife and I were just getting our family started, having our first uh, child. And so it was awesome for the family, but I was just bored out of my mind. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> like a challenging or fulfilling job. I, I just felt like I was like working on an assembly line. <laughs> Everything was different. Uh, or everything was like the same every day. Um, so the company I was with, actually, I, I didn't really know it at the time when I came on, but they were a startup company, actually a startup staffing company, but had some therapists on staff. So they asked me to come in and be the clinical director because they had no uh, clinical people in. So I jumped at that opportunity because I just wanted something more and more of a challenge. And really over the next six months, I went from, you know, doing just home health physical therapy to doing like half and half to doing no therapy anymore and being in the office and really kind of just climbing the corporate ladder, kind of that, that, that kind of job. And it was a, a competitive, exciting uh, atmosphere in a startup company. I was succeeding, doing very well, moving toward like a director of operations type role and, and you know, that for a couple of years. So now I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum where now my work is really challenging and fulfilling, but now it's not so good for, for the family. Um, uh -huh. you know, now we have two, two small kids. My wife, uh, stayed home with them. Um, I wanted to be home with them more. My wife wanted me to be home you know, more mm -hmm. and all that. And, and so I, I felt like I was kind of on the other side of the spectrum and, and it was good for a little bit. Um, but I, I, we just didn't feel like that was really the life God was calling us to, and it didn't seem long-term. So, um, a friend of mine that I worked with gave me a real estate book, kind of obscure book. Uh, but then, you know, read another one, read rich dad, poor dad. And thought, okay, maybe there's a different way. 
because I, I felt like there were two options, like have a job that's not fulfilling, but it's good for my family or have a job that's fulfilling, but not good for my family. And I felt like maybe with this, maybe with real estate, there's, there's a third option. Uh, maybe there's a way, because I feel like when you read, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, you just, man, there, I think there's a different way. I think there's this, you know, different idea out there that, I've, that I didn't know about that nobody I know is doing. So what I, my plan, Annie, and what I ended up doing was I left this corporate job. I went back to home health physical therapy, but I was going to do real estate as a side hustle. So I did that toward the end of 2016. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's kind of how I got started. It took me about a year and I, you know, flipped the house and, and kind of went on from there. But, um, but that was kind of my journey and, and why I got into real estate. Wow. Isn't it crazy how many lives that little purple book has changed? It's like, it's the start of so many people's journeys. And, you know, what I love about Rich Dad Poor Dad is it's, it's not just the story, but it's about the the mindset shift as well. And so once you sort of decided, and it sounds like you made a commitment, you were like, I'm going to go full in on this. Um, and you left your job, what did you, it sounds like you, you started with flipping. Is that right? How did you, how did you get into this space? How did you decide what aspect of real estate you were going to get into? Yeah, good question. So yeah, we, we did kind of, I kind of jumped, but at the same time, you know, I still had a a full-time job, um, you know, but it just, it was a job that where I had a lot of flexibility and a lot of kind of margin, a lot of capacity to take on something else. So I just, I like to tell that part because I feel like Andy, there's a lot of people today might find themselves in that position where now they're working from home and maybe starting a real estate side hustle is easier than ever for a lot of people. So um, that, that was kind of my, my path. You know, we started with a flip um, because it seemed attainable. My, my wife is, is much less of a risk taker. Uh, so it was like, let, let's just start really small. She's like, Hey, I trust you, but I don't trust you as a real estate investor because I have no reason to <laughs> yep. right. You've yep. never done anything. So um, let's just start small, you know, with that house, any, we could have afforded the mortgage on that house and our house. So it felt like, Hey, worst case scenario, it all blows up in our face. We're paying off two houses at once. Okay. Yeah. We own two assets. We're paying off, right? Not a good outcome, but it's not going to sink us. So that's why we started with that. Um, and it was good and bad. It, it took us nine months. I did a ton of the work myself. My dad's in construction, so I, I'm handy. Um, and, you know, we kind of, we just did it by ourselves and we just forged our path. I didn't have any mentors. I, I just, hey, I'm, you know, we, we did a bunch of rehab on our own house. Let's do it on a different house with the plan on, on selling it. Um, you know, and we did sell it and, and we made a good profit more than we expected. Um, the market was good even back then. This was 2017, 2017 into 2018. Um, but the funny thing was I took a pretty substantial pay cut from my corporate job back to home health physical therapy, about a 30% pay cut. And that's about what we made on the flip. Um, and (laughs) so it was just this perfect picture of flipping is just another job. It's just, I exchanged a really Mm -hmm. busy job for a not so busy job with a flip on top of it, which turned into basically a busy job. And I made the same amount of money. I just treated time differently, right? That's all Mm -hmm. I did. Now it did get me into real estate, so I don't regret it, but I, I didn't really want to do another flip after that. Um, you know, we kind of stepped back and, and and my wife's always good about like, Hey, let's, cause I'll just rush right into another one. I would have been ready to get another flip going while we were getting that one going. Let's just, you know, let's get it going. And she's like, no, let's step back because this isn't what you told me investing look like. I don't see any passive income. Right. Right. So 
it, it, it's great to have her. She's, she's my best uh, partner. And it, she's like, Let, let's think about this. So, so we did, I sat back and I'm like, yeah, you know, and this is not what I'm learning about on podcasts like yours, Annie, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, you have people come on that say, you know, in, flipping's not investing and, and it's a fine thing to do if you want to do it, but it's, it's not investing. Um, and you can go bigger, you know, don't, don't limit yourself to just a single family. So, um, we were ready to do the next thing. So the next thing we did was a duplex, not a much, not a big step, but we, we went into, you know, some multifamily and, and ended up renting that out for a little bit and seeing the other side of things. Okay. So really you were, you were able to dip your toes in with flipping and mm-hmm. try that out. I always say real estate is like a, it's like a buffet, right? There's so yeah. many different ways to get into real estate, but you won't know until you get into it. And I think right. that's where a lot of people get stuck. They just read and they consume and they get stuck in that analysis paralysis and they never take that first leap. And, but you did, you got into it with that first flip and sort of took it in from a low risk stand or, or limited the risk as much as you could got mm-hmm. into it, dipped your toes in, tried it out. And thankfully with the reflection of your wife, you realized, wait a second, this wasn't what, why I got into this. Maybe there's another way. So you got into mm-hmm. the duplex and so how was that different? The, I assume the strategy was different. You were buying it for a buy and hold or a burr. What was yeah. the strategy there? Yeah, bro, I think we were thinking we would hold on to it. Uh, we really did end up more flipping it, but we did rent it out because uh, it was vacant. So, you know, it was a, a full renovation, uh, but then we did rent it out for a few months and I managed that myself. So I got the experience being a landlord and the residents were great. They were easy, but I did not enjoy being a landlord. Um, and, and, you know, you start, you just, I'm always running the numbers because the goal, Annie, always, not always, but as soon as I got into it, I was like, I think this is what I want to do. I think I want to do this. I already knew physical therapy was not a passion. I knew I couldn't do home health. So as soon as I started in real estate, I'm like, this is what I want to do. So you start running some calculations. You're like, all right, you know, this, this duplex, we, we bought it very well, um, had it rented out. So, you know, maybe it's going to make us, you know, I don't know, four grand a year or something. And, and you're like, okay, so. I don't know. I need 20 of these duplexes to, to, you know, really get to where we want to be. I don't want to buy 20 more duplexes. Um, and I don't want to manage them myself. And really the smaller you go, the harder it is to get good management and management is more expensive. So, and again, I'm hearing all this because I'm listening to podcasts while I'm doing this. Anytime I'm out working in a property, listening to podcasts and, you know, people talking about the economies of scale and why you go bigger and, you know, professional property management, let them do that stuff. You do the, the buying and putting the deals together. So, I just knew I didn't want to own a bunch of duplexes and I didn't even really want to own this duplex that bad. We added a ton of value. So we actually sold that and it was like, all right, let's take the next step. And then, you know, so then we got a 16 unit next. Um, wow. Yeah. It's like, I'm watching um, in my head, the chart is like sketching itself out. It's like one to two to 16. That's a big <laughs> leap. That's like yeah. exponential growth. So that must've been, that was your first foray into commercial real estate, right? Yes. So tell us yep. a little bit about that experience. Yeah. The key there, Annie, was I, at that point, I finally started networking a little bit more and I joined um, the, our local RIA. The Cincinnati, I'm, I'm here, you know, just north of Cincinnati, Ohio. The Cincinnati RIA is, is pretty, is a strong RIA. And we, there's different focus groups and there was an apartment focus group. And again, I always knew this is where I wanted to go. So I joined that focus group and the guy leading that started teaching me to underwrite, started teaching us to underwrite and giving us, you know, hey, here's a spreadsheet. And I'm a numbers guy. So I really adapted to that and, and like, okay, this speaks to me. I can do this. 
And so I start, you know, I jump on loop net where deals go to die. Right. And I think just, let me just start practicing here. And, uh, but then I found one and it's like, this looks like a really bad deal. Cause it's overpriced, but let me just make a low offer on it. Um, but, it, and it was because I, you know, the, the guy that was leading the class, I said, Hey, you know, Mark, what do you think of this offer? Yep. Sounds like a good offer. Okay. How do I do an LOI? Here's an LOI. Okay. Fill that, <laughs> yep. send it in. And, and I had him with me. So that was the key. Annie was just having somebody in my corner. I didn't ask him to do much except just, can you just affirm what I'm doing? Yeah. Can you just tell me, mm -hmm. yep, dude, that, that makes sense. You're not crazy. That's a good price. You know, just give you that little bit of confidence. Um, and so that, that was the key there. Cause it, it, yes, you're right. It, I mean, especially at the time just felt like a monumentous jump because yeah, flipping, I knew some people that were, that had flipped houses or whatever. I knew some people that owned multiple homes. We didn't know anybody that owned an apartment building and 16 units, not like what you normally think about an apartment building, but that's still 16 units. It felt just crazy, but because I had a mentor and then the other real key was partnering with property management. Because while a 16 unit is huge to, to my wife and I and just seem like crazy, the property management company already manages a thousand units in this market. A 16 unit for them is nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. So knowing that, you know, we're like, what do we do if we actually get this apartment building? What do we do when we take it over and we own it? What do we, nothing like they do it. They go out, <laughs> they meet the residents. Yep. They tell them how to, to pay. I mean, we don't do that. So that's how you can make that jump is a mentor, a partner, somebody to give you the confidence and then property management. In my opinion, when you're getting started, they're the ones that are going to take it. So, so it may seem crazy, you, but they're the ones going to do it. And it's no big deal to them. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really resonating me with me in your story is the power of relationships yeah. and having those key people as part of your team and having that mentor in your corner is huge, right? Because there's so much, when you get into this space, there's so much that you don't know that you don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, for sure. Oh yeah. And so having somebody who's gone through it before sort of take you by the hand and anytime you are questioning something or you're not sure it's great great just to have that sounding board and then to have a partner, a great partner in a property manager. I think, I think a lot of um, people who get into this space, they sort of discount the property managers. They're like, no, I got to network with the brokers. I got to get in yeah. front of the brokers yeah. and the lenders. And while that is important, you know, after the deal closes, your long-term partner is not going to be that broker. It's going right. to be that property manager. Absolutely. Yeah. And I am just convinced I mean, you got to buy in the right area. You got to buy right, but none of it matters if you don't, if it's not operated right. Um, and, and yeah, your property manager is, is the biggest piece of that. Yeah. So that 16 unit, did you do it on your own? You and your wife, did you do it with partners? We, we brought in like one money partner. It was actually my, my, my in-laws. Um, they, they kind of brought the money. And then um, I did give my mentor 10%. He had helped me so much. And I'm like, I, you know, I kind of want you to, come out to the inspection with me and stuff like that. So can I give you a piece of deal? So he didn't bring any money or anything, but I gave him 10%. Um, I, I think we kept like 55% money partner got 35% and, and they were all involved. Uh, but yeah, we just did a joint venture. Just a few of us. Nice. And so are you still, how is that deal doing today? Are you still, have you, are you still holding on to it? Have you sold it? No, we did sell it already. Um, yeah. We, and, and I'll tell you, Annie, just real quick, you know, they talk about the law of the first deal. And, and mm -hmm. we really experienced that because the day, actually the day we were closing on the 16 unit, 
a friend of mine from church who, you know, had kind of been following me. He's like, I want to get in with you. He's like, Hey, somebody I know, a realtor just listed this eight unit. And it looks like, you know, what do you think? And I looked at it and because this is, because I underwrote so many properties, I knew right when I saw it, that's a good deal. Offer full price right now. So the day we were closing on the 16 unit, we actually got an eight unit under contract, um, took that down. And then it was only a month, month and a half later, we took down a 10 unit. So um, we went right to 34 units um, that fall into winter um, and really spent the whole next year turning all three of those around because they were some pretty big value add projects. And, and I was really involved, still doing full-time physical therapy, but a lot of flexibility and had uh, third-party management. But I was kind of like the GC on all those projects. Um, you know, the general contractor and, and getting people out and all that. And I spent a whole year doing that. And we sold all three of those um, wow. just over a year. Yeah, we held them just over a year. Yeah. And, you know, something if I could pull out for the listeners there, as you said, when you saw that eight unit, you had already underwritten so many yeah. deals. You knew instantly it was a good deal. And I, it, it, uh, it reminds me of that saying that you will get rewarded in public for what you do in private. And yeah. it's true, right? Because had yeah. you not gone through all of the hours of work that you did really yeah. intimately getting to know all of these other deals and what to look for and where the holes are, you wouldn't have been able to jump on that eight unit like you did Absolutely. and seize that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. And so now, so you've, you've gone through these projects. So now what are you up to now? Um, and are you looking at these bigger deals or tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So because, you know, any of my original goal and, and a lot of people go after this goal and it's a good one is to, okay, I want to get a portfolio and have enough rentals that the in the monthly income maybe doesn't quite replace my salary, but it's enough for us to live off of. And with those 34 units, um, if I would have held them a little bit longer and had them all stabilized, cause I, I sold them a little bit staggered. Um, it would have been, we would have been like halfway there. And so if I would have done that again, you know, it would have been all the way there, but the market just went so crazy. Um, you know, we, we sold them at the end of 2020 and then, you know, the, the, the third one, the beginning of 2021 or, or spring of 2021. So we just had so much equity that, that I, I kind of shifted and told my wife, well, there's so much equity here. We could sell and kind of take all the cash flow that we are almost going to have over the next six years or so, have it now. And now we've got a runway to go and do this full time. So by the end of 2020, I had sold two of them. We had this big cushion, this big runway. So I left my physical therapy job at the end of 2020. And so all of 2021, I was full time into this. We ended up selling the other one. And so in 2021, we started, I partnered up with the same guy that handed me a real estate book back at that startup company partnered up with him. Um, it's funny how God brought that full circle. Uh, but we partnered up and, and in 2021, we, we focused on syndicating, raising money and doing a little bit bigger deals. So uh, the first one we did was uh, last February, it was a 45 unit. And then we did a 47 unit in June and then a 96 unit just this past December. Wow. Okay. So you got to tell us that shift from doing your own deals or doing these smaller joint venture to then syndicating deals. Maybe what were some of the top, uh, if you could share with somebody who's in that same space, trying to make that transition, what allowed you to make that leap? You know, um, it definitely helped doing some of the smaller stuff because it felt like 
you know, people say like, it's just an extra zero or something like, you know, when you, when you do a bigger deal. And there was a piece of that for me because, you know, owning a 16 and eight and a 10 and that's 34 units, but three buildings all spread out. Well, having a 45 unit is just a little bit more, but it's in one spot and we're going to use the same property management company. So I felt like taking it down and managing it uh, would be very similar. So that didn't, that didn't worry me. Raising money um, worried me a little bit, but on each of those deals, I had partners come in. And since we sold some of them, the partners did really well and they were ready to invest again. So we had kind of already built up a little bit, right? We kind of had the snowball, snowball rolling already. Um, so it seemed like a pretty good transition. Uh, again, though, Annie, I would say, you know, if it seems like, oh my goodness, I can do a joint venture and I can do these small multis, but I can't do something big. I can't do a hundred unit. That's just, well, just get around people that are doing it because again, you know, it, it opens your eyes and, and, and they can help you see that. Yeah. It, it's a little different, like raising money. Okay. You got to file with the sec. Okay. You know, again, it actually went back to my, that same mentor. Um, hey Lee, here's a great SEC attorney. I don't know anything about that stuff, but again, I don't have to call a number. You know, I've got a good referral. He's worked with them. He trusts them. I call them. Hey, what, what do I need to do? You know, I had a zoom call with them. They explained everything to me. All of a sudden it makes sense. They send me the documents. I, I spent my gosh, five, <laughs> six hours reading through them. I'll, I'll never do it yeah. again, but I wanted to read through all the documents <laughs> yeah. one time to really, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, the syndication attorneys teach me how to yeah. do it. Like, and then they do it. So it's, it's still those partnerships. It's getting around people that have done it, point you in the right direction. It's those partnerships. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is a, another big, scary step, but I've still got the same property management. I still got my, my mentor kind of behind me. And then I've got these SEC attorneys. They're going to handle all that stuff, you know? Um, and, and we'll just take that step forward and you do it once and you think, okay, it's different, but the next time it's really easy. Same syndication attorneys, you know, same property management again. Now raising money is easy. We, we end up uh, jumping onto an investor portal that made it even easier. So it, yeah, it's just getting around the right people and just pushing forward. Yeah, that's such sage advice is I think so many people get stuck on the the how piece. How do yeah. I do this piece? Re- let me read a book to do this one piece. Okay, now I got to figure out how to do this other piece. And, you know, there's that great book, Who Not How, right? And so, yes. I mean, it yep. sums it up all in the, the title, but really yeah. that's the key to moving farther faster is not to focus on the how, but to focus on the who. So I love, I love that that's such a key part of your story. Yeah. And you're making a good point, Amy, that sometimes you do have to kind of jump in. You're kind of saying that before. And it just takes me back all the way back to the flip. So I listened to a bunch of podcasts, read a bunch of books. And when we were getting really close to to, to get started, to jump in, it felt like such a big leap. My wife kept saying, you know, she's like, are you sure you know everything you need to know to do this? (laughs) And I finally, you know, thought about it. I said, I am sure I know everything I can know without doing it. I, I know, I don't know everything, but the rest of it, I've got to learn by doing it. At some point, you, you know enough to jump in. You are going to learn. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn along the way, but that's the only way to learn the rest of it is by doing it. So at some point you got to jump in. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And for all of our listeners, definitely take that to heart. If you're stuck in that place where you're, you're just circling, circling, and you haven't taken action yet, take a page out of Lee's book and just jump in. You're going to learn along the way. Maybe you'll make mis- some mistakes. We all have, we've all been there, but you'll be better off for it. So Lee, um, I'm sure that our listeners are going to want to follow up with you and learn more. You've got such an inspirational story. So share with them what's the best place that they can go to learn more? Sure. The best place, Annie, is just to jump on our website, threefoldrei.com. So that's T-H-R-E-E-F-O-L-D-R-E-I.com. Um, we've got a free ebook there. Uh, you, you can kind of sign up for our, our newsletter through there, reach out to us. Um, I'm pretty active on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, just my name, Lee Yoder, look me up there. But yeah, either, any of those places, you, you'll be able to find me. Perfect. And before we hop off, because we were talking about this before we started recording, tell the listeners what threefold means to you. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks for asking. That. Um, my wife and I came up with the name. We, uh, you know, we, we felt like we really wanted to involve, uh, we're Christ followers. We really wanted to involve God in our business. The word threefold comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, where it says um, a man can, can prevail against one who is alone, but two will withstand him and a threefold cord is not easily broken. So uh, there's a lot of partnerships in our business. Um, you know, we feel like we partner with our investors for sure. Uh, we partner with our property management company that, that I've, I've made clear. And then we want to partner with our residents. Um, you know, they, they pay us rent. They're, they're the ones that kind of give us a return. And we want to partner with them by giving them a great place to live. But we always feel like there's a third partner in all this and that's God. And for us, it's just about um, kind of seeing the bigger picture, uh, doing things, you know, with, with, with the bigger picture in mind, not I'm a numbers guy. And sometimes it's just business and breaking down to the numbers, but I also want to have you know, a more eternal focus that, that there's something bigger going on here and relationships are really the most important thing. So we always want to have our business uh, focus in that direction. So that, that's what uh, threefold means to us. Love it. I love all the layers of meaning. And I can tell that you were very intentional coming up with that name and very intentional with, um, with the deals that you pursue. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, Lee, and sharing your story and your insights to all of our listeners. You heard Lee follow up with him on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and go um, check out his website and definitely connect with him to learn more about um, his story and about all the wisdom that he can share with you as well. So for all of our listeners, thank you for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com. And please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.